Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Jeremiah Stringer, how's it going, Jeremiah? Yo, what's up, man? You, you like the funky music there at the beginning? You like that? I do. And these, <laughs> for the people listening, these comments are cracking me up on the oh. live stream right now. They're all over the place, man. We've, of course, we've got a, we've got our standard uh, Gonex comment to start the night off. So it wouldn't be a season three if we didn't start off with a Gonex comment. So, man, I miss doing this. Yeah, here we are back again for the newest installment of live streams on the Backpacking Podcast. It's crazy to think that it's been since December. Yeah, it's been a hot minute, man. It has been. How was your Christmas? I lived through it. Survived. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, man. Are you COVID-free? I'm COVID-free. My wife and I never got it. And uh, we've been very blessed, and I got all kinds of cool backpacking gear, so ready to get out and do some winter backpacking. Oh, yeah, man. So I heard you guys got out this weekend and had quite a trip. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, I would say one of the worst parts was it was like 22 degrees, and so the lake freezing camped right next to the lake, like probably 30 yards, and then the, the whole 30 yards was just beach. And I was laying there in my hammock. It was like 3 a.m., and I was like, what is that sound? And it was the lake freezing and cracking up against the shore. It sounded like uh, when you drop ice in water. Nice. Yeah, and you get that, yeah, all night. I used to live just near Lake Michigan up in Wisconsin. And there, I would go out and sit by Lake Michigan, and there'd be little sections of it where it would do that, and you could just listen to it as you're sitting on the on the side of the beach. Yeah, it's probably okay really whenever cool. you're not sleeping. Yeah, I wouldn't go out there to sleep. You're, you're probably right about that. <laughs> yeah, but enough right about, about me. That. I want to talk about today's guest. I know, man. So, like, we decided we wanted to start off with a bang this year. And so we are kicking things off with a guy who is an OG backpacking YouTuber. Not only that, but this guy, his entire backpacking career is on YouTube. <laughs> yes. Do you know anyone else like this? No, they come rare, man. One they do. And I, I think Big Duke is, is letting it out of the bag right now because he says Syntax77 is my hero. And tonight, coming onto the live stream is Syntax77. How's it going, man? What's going on? How are you? Doing good, man. <laughs> Doing real good. We got yeah. a lot of people excited to talk to you right now. All right. Nice. So, so I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know if you are on tonight and you want to ask questions, ask away. That's what he's here for, but I want to ask you a question right off the bat. All right. So on your website, it says that you took your first backpacking trip in 2011. Yeah. And you videoed your first backpacking trip. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's how it started. There was no plan. <laughs> I just filmed it for my friends. That's so, crazy. Um, for some reason, people watched it. So I said, all right, I'll film another one. And now it's been... 10 years or nine and a half. What yeah. you, what got you in the game, man? What, what were you thinking 
like I somebody introduced me to backpacking, but how did you discover it? And then what was going through your head back in 2011? You're like, I'm going to record this. Um, I don't know why I recorded it. I'll tell you, I didn't. Even, I don't even think I wanted to go. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I had never, I had never gone before. And my um, my friend Mike, who's been on the videos since, uh, just came up with this idea because we had some vacation time and it was two couples and we were going to go somewhere together. And I uh, said, Oh, we're going backpacking. I did it once when I was in the boy Scouts, like whenever. And I was like, okay, I have no gear. I have no idea what you're talking about really. Um, but I just kind of jumped head first into it. And for some reason, there's actually some really cringy videos even before that one. Uh, for some reason, I just started filming us preparing. Like we did like a little car camping to use our gear and then just playing around um, just to have some memories. And then we went up to New Hampshire and um, filmed it and threw it on YouTube. And then it kind of, I got the bug, I guess, for both, for, for backpacking. I ended up obviously really enjoying it. And I uh, went back within a matter of months for my first solo trip because um, I just wanted to get back out there. Wow. Yeah. So, so. it's kind of love at first camp. Yeah, I loved it. And, and, and it probably, it definitely didn't hurt that I went to New Hampshire, which still remains my favorite uh backpacking locale i think um so i really got hooked yeah what did you use whenever huh? you're when you're filming that first trip yeah back in 2011 i mean there were some okay smartphones and that kind of stuff but did you go with gopro or you just film with a potato or what do you, almost a potato do you remember the flip <laughs> minnow yes i've got one of those <laughs> oh. And you could get your own picture, your own photograph, like printed on it. And yes, that was the gimmick. That was 720p. It wasn't even 1080. Um, it had the little USB thing. It popped out of the side. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. That that was it. That's what I used. And then I think by the time I did the solo video a few months later, I bought like a, a Sony Handycam with the flip out screen. Um in like 2012, I guess it was. Yeah. And what is, what's it evolved into now? Uh, so it got overcomplicated for a while. I was using <laughs> like ridiculous cameras with manual focus and manual exposure that should only be used in a studio setting and should never have been in the woods. Um, and then switched to a DSLR or um, style Panasonic. Um, for some fancier lenses and stuff like that. And then I completely reversed in like the last two years and I said, screw it. And I just bring a, um, I just bring a, a GoPro now. Nice. I occasionally still bringing the um, DSLR style camera and keeping it in the pack for the occasional like fancy shot. Um, but I found myself not even breaking it out and it's not waterproof and all that stuff. So I just, I just walk around with the standard stock GoPro. That's wow. it. Yeah. Well, we got a guy who's wanting to ask you a question. It's Uptrail71. He says, my favorite podcast guys to watch on YouTube. Thank you for that. Hey. Uh, Syntax, when are you going to come up to my area? How many times have I asked you this over the years? <sighs> LOL. Hi, Bob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's been asking me or suggesting Michigan for quite some time. Um, it's just tough for me because it's, it's right on that. It's a little too far of a drive even for me. Um, I think it, we're pushing into like 12 hours for me to get up there. Um, oh, wow. 
Yeah, so it's like I, I probably probably should just look for a flight deal to Detroit sometime. Not that right now is the best time for that, um, or maybe it is. Um, well, I'm coming, buddy. One of these days, it's cold enough up there. That's for sure. That is the truth. That is the truth, <laughs> dude. You you are no like uh, you're not. How do I put this? I watched your last video, which got like a million views of you in the uh, snow. Detroit, yeah. So you definitely have some experience in that snow. Yeah, which is funny because in real life, I get cold really easy. I hate it. Like my wife asked me to go for a walk before the podcast, and I kind of cringe. But <laughs> then I guess if, if I'm in like mission mode, I'm all about like, let's go somewhere where it's below zero. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm that way too, man. I'm okay. Like I was telling John, it was so cold on our uh, trip over the weekend but you know you got the right gear but then my yeah, wife was like kind of succumb to the situation and it, it's really not that bad after hours of being out there and like and you said, the right it becomes gear. normal it becomes normal after a little it bit normalizes. so we've yeah. got we've got some comments coming at you here all righty goat goat this man's videos changed my life dramatic and impressive legend Wow, really pumping my head up today, gentlemen. They are. We got Syntax is the best YouTube backpacker at taking the viewer along. I'm glad I paid for all these comments. This is working well. <laughs> I told you, man. These people, these people are all about it, man. Um, let's see if I can find another one. Oh, here's here's just a good question for you. Okay. Syntax, what's been your favorite part of your creative process, filming or editing? Editing. Why editing. is that? Um, I just love editing. I think that's Backpacking and editing are my two my two passions, hobbies. Um, I, I I just think that's the most creative part of the process. That's why it's funny to me when people offer like services, like you know, I could edit for you, or you ever thought of getting an editor? And I'm like, if I was truly an interesting person, where it was just about pointing a camera at me, that'd be great. But the whole the whole point of the videos is that you know it, it's the edit. So if you change, like you, I could give my exact same footage to somebody else and it very well might be a better video when they get done, but it would be a completely different video. So, so what yeah. inspires whenever you're making these videos, like my goal is always to, you know, I'm trying to stay straight to the point. I have some vision in mind and I watch your trip videos and they're completely different than my creative style. You know, I, so I, I watch, I try, I try to become an expert on every guest we have on the show. So as I'm looking through your videos, I'm like, okay, these videos are over an hour. So I'm investing time into right. watching your videos and they're really good. But what inspires that, uh, the, the time mark and how much footage you're using in there, because obviously you could cut it down or you could make it longer. So how, how do you find that sweet spot? Um, I mean, it's tough. It's definitely video to video. It really depends a lot. Like, and I'll try to alternate. Some videos are going to be gear heavy where I'm talking ad nauseum about the difference between different, uh, fuels in a winter backpacking stove. And then the next one, it might be all more about the scenery. You're still going to hear me blabbing for an hour, but it might be more about scenery. So I kind of take it on a case by case basis, but I pretty much accepted that that's my niche is just making i mean i only really put out one main video a month i pretty much just make a feature length like movie length 
uh, film or video each month. Um, so I'm comfortable with that hour to even an hour and a half range. That doesn't bother me as long as I feel like it's got the flow. I mean, if there's really nothing going on, like, all right, it'll be half an hour. I'm not going to force it to be an hour, um, by leaving stuff in, but it's tough. It's just each, each one seems to you just got to have kind of a story arc to it and some sort of conflict and then resolution at the end, ideally. And it's, I find it's really hard to get that done in 15 minutes. Yeah, I believe that. Well, and if you're doing it once a month, that means once a week you can watch 15 minutes of it and exactly. then you're ready for the next video. So that's actually not too bad considering most of us are doing a video a week. Right. And yeah, so, yeah. Minutes, I'm, I'm about par. And that's why I tell people like, you know, no offense taken, watch it in four or five sessions. And I think a lot of people do. Um, got, got another question for you real quick. Mm -hmm. Why is West Virginia your favorite place to backpack? Virginia. Well, I, I don't want to break any hearts, but I think I would say my favorite place to hike would be New Hampshire, but I do love West Virginia. So if this person's from West Virginia, don't unsubscribe. But, <laughs> but there are a lot of reasons I love West Virginia, and it's probably similar to New Hampshire in that almost all the camping down there is very... Um, it's lower regulations. Uh, there's rarely permits to get or um, crazy regs about where you can't camp and designated areas and all that stuff. Um, and at least the spots that I'm going to West Virginia, it, it just feels so remote compared to, say, over in Shenandoah in Virginia, oh, uh, where it's madhouse. Another question for you. What is, and this is one I was going to ask you, so I'm glad somebody else put it up there, but what is the origin of the name Syntax 77? Okay, it's um, my original Xbox name, which I haven't played in a year, but feel free to send a friend request. Um, <laughs> my original Xbox name, I was into computers a lot. I guess I still am, but I, I just wanted syntax, like S-Y-N-T-A-X, just a computer reference. And then it was taken. So then I said, I'll change the uh, I or Y to an I. This has nothing to do with backpacking, unfortunately. I changed the Y to an I. That didn't work. I added a seven. That worked. 2007 or whenever YouTube came on, I, I created an account. I'm lazy. I used the same ID. Somebody already took it. Add another seven. There you go. And it's just <laughs> sevens. <laughs> That's great. So just kind of a whatever kind of name, really. More than and, and you got to remember back then, nobody had aspirations of YouTube being like, you're going to have a channel. They didn't even call it a channel. I create an account just to watch videos and then I put videos up randomly. That's why you can tell an old school YouTuber when he has a goofy uh, tag name like that, that makes no sense. Cause he probably created the account back in the day when nobody thought that there was such thing as like marketing and have, having an actual channel. Uh, I'm stuck. Now. Does anybody in real life call you that outside no. of the YouTube realm? No. no. And it's funny. Like when I, there's been, I hiked with, like when I hiked from Kyle with Kyle from another YouTubing channel, I think it was him. And then one other guy I hiked with, they were like, should I call you syntax? Like, please God, no. <laughs> I don't be really uncomfortable in real life. You know, that's funny because I actually changed my channel name for that reason. Like really? my channel name used to be JK is hiking. Okay. And I would see people on the trail and they'd say, what's up JK is hiking. And I'd be like, that is totally not my name. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I'm changing it to my name. So that, so I literally changed my channel name for that reason only. But I'm not like 
10 years into it like you are where if you changed your name everybody would be really confused uh, yeah so. yeah yeah it's it's mine now <laughs> we were talking to darwin and he was saying that uh you know people say on the trail pretty much like it's last it's his last name all <laughs> one word darwin on the trail every time they recognize him too well yeah. he said that originally that was he had to put a first and last name and so <laughs> on the trail was what he used as the last name Okay. And so that's kind of how that happened, I guess. It was just a funny story. So question, what are your two, top two or three fast food cheeseburgers? Fast food burgers. All right. Yeah, that's easier than favorite burger place because there's a lot of one-off places. Hmm. Um, I probably, all right, so after a hike, a lot of times I'll go to a fancy local place if I can. And then not going to lie, there's a lot of times that I just grab a burger, fast food on the road. I think I like Wendy's, but I would say I like Wendy's hamburgers, fast food, the best. But realistically, they don't show up that often on these um, rest stops. So it's probably McDonald's that I end up getting a fast food burger from. Can you tell us the story behind the whole cheeseburger um, top deal after your hikes? Yeah, it's another thing that was just totally random. Uh, In that first solo hike video, because the one I was talking about before with my friends, I wouldn't say it's the first, like, my style video. It was done a little different. When I did that solo video, that's pretty much the format I've stuck with for ever since. And for whatever reason, I was just truly, like, I was hungry as can be, and I had a cheeseburger in my head all day. I don't think I mentioned it on the video until the end, but I was just obsessed with getting done and getting a burger. And I just randomly said at the end of the video, it's cheeseburger time. And then I was like, and then people started repeating it. So I was like, oh, I, all right, I think I got a tagline here, and I can always eat a burger after a hike. So there you well, go. You got T-shirts and everything, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did a really good job with that one. <laughs> so on your last trip to Harriman State Park in New York, you seemed to get caught off guard with the heavy snow. What happened? Complacency. <laughs> Complacency. I always feel like you're the best at backpacking, like, like right right after you get out of the novice zone right where you're um you're prepared and knowledgeable and you and you still are worried and then you get worse and worse after that <laughs> because you're just <laughs> like yeah i got this so i saw the forecast on snow um, but i knew they didn't have a ton of snow base up there yet um and it's not that trip wasn't terribly far from my house it's probably one of the closest ones i've ever done so I was just like, okay, snow, fine. I mean, that's cool. That'll be fun. Interesting for the video. And I ran into one other person on that hike and mentioned that I was staying out for two days. And he was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. He was like, what are you going to do about the foot and a half of snow? And I was just like, yeah, okay. I had no problem. And then it started dumping at like, I guess, 4.30 p.m. And I was like, I think that guy was right. <laughs> that's awesome no snowshoes no gators let's do it oh man so were you were you wearing boots or were you wearing shoes i was wearing boots um because it was cold and um, so I, I brought my insulated boots so that worked out um, okay but yeah what's the weight look like on uh, a trip like that you know a winter trip i don't think that you had snowshoes or gators or anything like that on this trip but it can get pretty extreme how do you even care about the weight or weight so I've been doing a thing lately. I still love ultralight backpacking, um, A, because it's comfortable, and B, it's just a fun hobby. But I also have been um, really enjoying just seeing how stupid heavy I can get recently. 
which which is fun to anger some of the ultralighters who seem <laughs> who like to brag about not being fit enough to carry weight which is fine again i do I, i'll carry a seven and a half pound pack like i'm all about it but then i'm also like well why don't i test myself and let's bring a fry pan let's bring a stove let's bring some real food let's bring cast iron with us while we're at it yeah i haven't quite gotten cast iron yet but (laughs) i don't know the actual weight but i I guarantee it wasn't something stupid in the 30s i mean on that trip i brought like three grilled cheeses and you know all kinds of stuff yeah i noticed the grilled cheeses your wife surprises you with food what's that about so i came up with the idea what uh not that it was that inventive, but I was like, I want to bring a grilled cheese. It was like a year ago or two. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And then she was like, I'll, I'll just make you some surprise grilled cheeses. So I was like, all right, that'll keep it interesting. So we had some hot pepper ones in there. We had an Asian style one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, my wife packs my food for me. Yeah. Well, I noticed your wife used to do a lot more trips with you. Are you, is she still doing those with you or has she, she backed off on that a little or? She was in the uh, the last packet packing video before that one. We did a fall trip. She typically just doesn't like it when it's cold. Um, yeah. and the summer just seems to fly back uh, past so fast. And then this year was weird anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the uh, pandemic, I believe that we might be having. So no, she still gets out, but with uh, work and stuff, um, she not quite as much as she wants to. Yeah. Somebody was wondering I when you're going to the- take Denali out again. You know, he's in the same boat. Um, that is not a cold weather dog. So probably if you're going to see him, it'll be um, probably not until April. But he'll he'll go with me. The thing is, a lot of times I do solo trips, which people seem to enjoy the most. And, and I love doing too. Um, and I usually if I leave my wife at home, she likes to have a little company. So the dog stays with her. That makes sense. Bailey Kay is asking a question that um, I was wanting to know about. And it's basically about you traveling, like how you get away from, from work and that kind of thing. I've noticed that a lot of, a lot of your trips can be very far away. I remember watching, I think a Red River Gorge trip, which is really close to where I live. Mm-hmm. And you like drove, I don't know, nine hours or something crazy. And then you slept in the car for two hours and then you're on trail at daylight and you're like, let's go. And then yeah, you got back was- in the car <laughs> and drove home. Yeah. So I've, I've gotten a little less crazy now where I'll grab a hotel um, I'm being a little more adult about it, but if, <laughs> if you really look at my trips, none of them are that long. I mean, most of them are designed where you can, if you like that area, you can follow along and you can get it done in a, a weekend or a three day weekend. If you take off on a Friday or, or Monday, um, back years ago, I was totally crazy. I would do a two day trip in New Hampshire with just my Saturday and Sunday off. I would leave work at four. I would get, you know, I'm going to leave it for today. I would get changed in the bathroom. I would hop in the car. I would get to New Hampshire by like 1.30, 2 a.m. Sleep in my Volkswagen Golf. Hike. Bro. Do one night, come out. I don't know how, I can't believe I used to do this. Do one night, come out, get in the car and just go right back home. We've got a friend that's on here right now. His name is Miyagi. I just saw he was on here a little bit ago. He still does that. Really? he's, He's like. He's like in his 40s, man, and that dude, he'll drive anywhere. I mentioned we were going to go to uh, Grayson Highlands. He lives in Wisconsin. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Just 
drove to was drove from Wisconsin down to to Grayson Highlands to to go backpacking with us. And uh, so yeah, man, that's just crazy stuff. I bet uh, when you got home, your wife was ready to talk and hang out, and you were ready to just crash. That happens sometimes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you have but, to convince yeah, her? One thing I understand is, like for me, I enjoy uh, driving through those scenic areas a lot. Um, if you don't like driving, then no, it's probably your worst nightmare. But yeah. for me, that's half the trip is getting there and all that. So, do you ever have to convince your wife? From what I saw in the videos, it seems like she's having a lot of fun, especially with the pup. Do you ever have to convince her or ask her if she wants to go or like coax her into it? Or is she, as long as it's fair weather, she's like, all right, I'll make you grilled cheese. Let's go. Yeah, she's down. Her only her only um, thing is usually just the schedule thing, like I was saying. Like I was saying. Um, like that last trip that she was on, I guess it was a couple months ago now. It was or it was October. That was totally her idea, the location uh, and everything. That's awesome. So I was like, okay, I'll bring a camera. Let's good idea. Let's go, dude. I felt so bad. I felt so bad whenever that sleeping pad had failed. <laughs> I don't. It was something like the. It, it was leaking out just the valve stem. There's not really anything you can do except slow the leak. But I was like, bro, that has to be brutal. My favorite comment on that video was, imagine bringing 40 pounds of backpacking gear and still sleeping on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh. All that stuff I had, I should have had two sleeping beds. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, you have any plans? This is Jamie Hastings. Do you have any plans to go back to Linville Gorge anytime soon? I would love to. Actually, I'm glad you've made that comment because for whatever reason, a lot of times I don't. that doesn't instantly pop in my head. But it's really no worse for me to get there than it is New Hampshire, drive-wise. Um, so I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to get back down there. I wonder what it's like in the winter. There you go. The gears are turning. There you, you know, go. We went in the fall. We hit it at peak foliage, me and some yeah. of the other guys. And it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it was like we parked at Table Rock. Have you parked up there? Um, no, I think I usually go from the, what is it, that Wolf Pet Trailhead. Mm -hmm. um, and then the one time I parked it, last time I parked at the Visitor Center. Okay. So maybe I'll have to try out Table Rock. Yeah, you need to go up there, man, because we're like, I don't really know. You know, I was kind of like you. I didn't do a whole lot of research. And I'm just like kind of trusting that my skills are going to make it, you know, get me through. Yeah. And then like two minutes in, view after view after view. Right. Absolutely gorgeous day. Linville Gorge is the bomb if anybody hasn't been there. Uh, it's amazing. And I think it's really underrated. You don't see it come up that often. I think because the Smokies aren't terribly far away and everybody's just magnetized there. I don't know. Yeah, but it's probably awesome right. Well, we got a friend named Jason who is a diehard red river gorge guy and he even told me he goes i love the red river gorge but man the linville gorge is just something yeah. else and the amount of trails they have there is absolutely insane the unofficial trails but there's a hundred it feels like hundreds of them you can well, i'm not you, surprised <laughs> yeah so, and the you get the the ridge like the ridge tops and the bottoms on each side of the river the chimneys oh my gosh dude that was Awesome, like laying on my stomach, looking over the side of two hundred foot cliff. It's you know, pretty crazy. Yeah, go ahead, John. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh no, you're good. I was gonna say, uh, Jr. Hikes was wondering, do you have a preference, hammocks or tents? Oh, definitely hammocks. Definitely hammocks. Although my man. people have noticed for variety, um, I've been incorporating a lot other non hammock stuff in there. 
just to keep things interesting for myself and probably for the videos. But definitely a hammock. I think it's the most comfortable, it's the most versatile, and I can't beat the weight. Uh, I mean, you can get a really minimal tarp tent kind of thing, but uh, yeah, I love the hammocks. What's the go-to? Go-to hammock? Mm -hmm. um, Dutchware half wit is what I'll grab 90% of the time, even in the winter, because I can always just pull a sock over it um, to cut the wind down. But that guy, for people who haven't heard of it, it's really, it's, it looks like a netless hammock, but it just has this hammock that goes down maybe to your chest that drapes down. Um, so you want to use it with a quilt because it kind of connects with your quilt and keeps the bugs out, but it's stupid light. It's like 10 ounces. Something oh, like that. wow. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's nice. I, I found that sleeping in a hammock is warmer than when I sleep in a tent. Like, I would agree with that. And I think a lot of people are surprised. They think it's colder. I mean, yeah. Not if you're doing it right, because you're completely like cocooned, you know, and there's no rolling over and, you know, yeah, for anything. You're, you're in there. Absolutely. I was, I was telling um, some of my friends earlier today about this trip that we took and that I don't know if you heard me at the beginning talking about that water freezing at the lake. Oh, yeah. But it was like 20, 25 degrees. And they're like, how did you how in the world did you stay warm? And I was like. I mean, the hammock with a zero degree under that is like accurately rated and a 10 yeah. degree top quilt. I was yep. like, I was super warm, you mm -hmm. know, and you're off the ground. It's like being suspended in just a warm, unfortunately feathered hug. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> gotta love a good hammock. Yeah, you do. Uh, we got a question for you. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, but it looks like Sir J Mac. Uh, wants to know what tips do you have for those of us new to solo backpacking solo backpacking all right so assuming you've done some backpacking trips where you want to jump into doing it yourself i typically tell people i guess this is what i might tell any new backpacker too but like maybe instead of a loop hike do an out and back because you're going to have more opportunity to i don't know if when you're solo there's a lot more opportunities to for be in a lot of trouble if you forget an item or if you're with the yeah. buddy oh well i have that or like here's my lighter or whatever the situation may be um so if you do an out and back hike and you're not too over the top and ambitious with setting your mileage i would do something short where if you find that things aren't going quite the way you want you're not trying to complete this whole loop that you will convince yourself to continue doing um you know you can just set up tent, tent a little earlier and and bug out the next day and maybe just do a single night you know you'll be surprised how fast you get used to it um you basically just shared all the things that i was too dumb to do on my first solo trip i basically decided i was going to do 32 miles oh good on an overnight and uh, single overnight yeah it was a single overnight i was i was in the midst of through hiking the sheltoe trace and there was a section i had to go back and get and uh, it was from this area called Yamacraw, and I was hiking up to Cumberland Falls. And it's about 32, 33 miles, something like that. And I was doing it as an overnight. I, t I only had two days to do this because that was just what I had. And that was my first solo trip. So it was, it was 19 miles the first day, Ooh. and then the other 13 the next day or whatever it was. Ow. And, <laughs> dude, uh, it worked out well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you're sitting here going, make sure you do short mileage and 
Make sure you can get my couldn't my car was 32 miles away from me. My car was dropped off at Cumberland Falls and I was dropped off south 32 miles. So it was it was get to the car or okay. good luck. So yeah, y- y- there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said. I just want to point that out to everybody. A lot of wisdom in what you just said. Dude, Hunter I- and I just did that section and it was wrecking me. We did like an 18 mile day and a 17 mile day. And my backpack fully loaded out and everything was like 20, 25 pounds. I was like, man, I'm light this trip. You know, multiple days worth of food, liter and a half of water, 20 pounds. Well, that 18 miles was a butt kicker on that section of trail. Oh, you did the section north of Cumberland Falls, which is like the, like, I think on the hiking project, it's listed as a double black diamond trail. Well, it was hard. So. Okay, so Syntax, have you ever been, or Sean, not call you Syntax. <laughs> Sorry, we're on YouTube. It feels totally normal right now. Oh, okay, it feels good. Okay. Um, have you ever been approached to do television, either your own show or something like Alone? Uh, no. Actually, somebody did, some rep did years ago um, send something about Alone. And I was like, oh, no, no. No, that, you, you don't want to see me do that or attempt to do that. I'm sure I'm sure if I pursued it, they would have figured out very quickly in the interview process that um, they're not going to fly me into the woods anywhere for that kind of experience. Um, <laughs> but no, other than that, and I don't even know how serious they were, uh, no, no television prospects in my future. Have you ever had anything catastrophic happen on your solo trips where you're just out there and, you know, you're talking about there's nobody to depend on. If you forgot a lighter, <laughs> you ain't lighting anything. No. Um, you know, luckily, I've had some really dumb things happen to me, but thankfully, they've been on trips. All of my major injuries have been on trips where I'm with other people. Um, I like to think that's because I'm smart. And I, I don't push the envelope when I'm alone, but it's I'm sure it's pure luck. Um, so I've never really like injury wise had anything crazy. I'm trying to think of like forgetting an important piece of gear. I've definitely forgotten minor items before, but nothing really crazy other than just like weather situations or like that Linville Gorge trip where it was just like, you know, I downloaded like gigabytes of GPS data for that place and I still got the to the point where I was like not comfortable with the navigation and I turned around and it was pouring wet and yeah, morale wise, that was pretty low. So let me ask you this. Uh, there was actually somebody, let me pull it up here. Uh, somebody actually asked the question. Let me see if I can find it because it goes with kind of what you were just saying just now. What was your least favorite hiking backpacking experience? Hmm. I don't think there's any trails that I ever like hated or anything like that. Um, my least favorite, probably when I fell and broke my face open in New Hampshire, that still ended up being an awesome trip. I had a blast, but like, if you have to make me pick my least favorite hike, it's when I almost knocked all my teeth out, but thankfully turned my head and knocked myself out on, on a rock with this part of my face or this one. I have a scar somewhere. I've never seen that video. When yeah, was that? Tell us about it. It's called That Time I Hiked with a Broken Face. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate title. That is awesome. <laughs> it's from 2016. 
I mean, it had an it had somebody falling and getting injured. Usually, they love that stuff on YouTube, but it's it's not a very popular video. It's not a huge one. But if yeah, if you want to see me really hurt myself, that's a good one. Well, uh, we've yeah. got a buddy named Lance, and he's asking a question. He says, "Have you ever been legitimately scared, like the time Mike froze his sleeping bag? He seriously could have died." I wouldn't have let him die. No, I wasn't even scared then. Um, I had a zero degree quilt that unbuttons that I totally told him, you sleep in the middle. We're both going to be under this. Um, we'll both be under this quilt. The guy had a down suit. Um, I guess he just doesn't like me as much as I thought he did because he threw me down on sleeping under under the quilt with me. Dude, body heat. That's the best way to stay warm. Absolutely. But if he started going like hypothermic, you know, I, I, I would have forced him to do a little spooning. I was going to say, are you the big spoon or the little spoon? I probably would have went big spoon because he would have been unconscious. There you so, go. That's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> so John was talking about earlier, you, um, you filmed your first trip and you filmed a ton of trips. Now, have you filmed every single time that you went backpacking or does sometimes you just sneak away and say, this one's for me? Oh, as far as filming them? Mm-hmm. No, there is only one backpacking trip that I've ever not filmed. And it was uh, Dolly Sods, which I'm fine with because I think I have five Dolly Sods videos. And it was, speaking of Mike, I had went and I filmed the backpacking trip video and I just released it um, in Dolly Sods. And he called me, I want to say like a couple weeks later, him and his son were supposed to go backpacking up in New Hampshire. The weather was terrible. He changed his mind last minute and said, you know, Dolly Sods. You want to come with us? We're leaving this afternoon. And I was like, sure. I thought about it, called him back, and I went. So totally last-minute trip, um, but I had already filmed it like a couple weeks ago. And and I knew because it was last minute, we're just going to do exactly what I just did for logistical ease. Um, that's the only time because I was like, nobody wants to see that two weeks in a row. So so for you, so for you, basically backpacking and filming are kind of like synonymous. It's yeah. just a part I, of your backpacking experience. Yeah, and I had no plan to do either. They both just kind of happened. Yeah. That's crazy. Maybe I was just looking for, uh, like, assurance there. Because John, John and I do that all the time, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But we also, like, I mean, I'll try to get out, you know, six to eight times a month or something crazy like that. So you don't have time to film and edit all the, like, the little one-nighters that are around the house and that kind of stuff for me. Right. Yeah. I'm not doing like showing the day hikes or like stuff like that. But if anything, I mean, unfortunately, it shows you I'm not nearly as experienced as you think because all the videos, I mean, that's all the stuff I've done right there as far as real backpacking trips. That's well, a lot of experience. Say, it's over 10 years, man. Like, yeah. you realize yeah. this is 10 years you've been doing this now. And like, that's a lot of trips. Oh, I know. But it's funny to me sometimes because people will be like, I really envy what you do. Like, you know, you're awesome at this and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I only got out eight times last month instead of six. And, you know, I'm glad I got your videos to watch. And I'm like, I've gotten out eight times in the last eight months. <laughs> but, you know, uh. So somebody asked a great question. It's Keith S. He said, have you ever thought of doing a blooper reel video? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, if anything stupid happens to me in a video, like I assure you, I show it. <laughs> so, uh, 
So unless you're talking about like, I mean, I don't do scripted, so there's not going to be like a lot of like flubbed lines or funny stuff like that. Uh, no, probably not. I, I, probably not as much interesting content out there as, as you would think, unfortunately. Fair enough. Fair enough. So here's a, just a straightforward question. What winter boots do you use? Um, they are the Solomon Tundra Pros. I just got those last March. I was using my previous boots for years, but I um, they're good. So there you go. The waterproof all day. Yeah, and they're the high top guys. I don't typically mess with the mids. Um, yeah, the waterproofing is real good, and they got that more kind of rubbery vibe to them instead of like the Gore-Tex fabric. So I trust them a bit more to not fail. What about uh, the warm weather? It, how are they in warm weather? No. What about warm weather? Do you you change it up to trail runners? You still use boots? Oh, yeah. Water yeah, I'll do trail runners. I prefer trail runners. And I've gotten away from like, I've experimented with Gore-Tex, but it's just end up with sweaty feet that are worse than walking through water anyway. Um, so yeah, I like lightweight trail runners for those trips where I actually am doing ultralight um, or even midweight. I actually never wear boots in the summer anymore, even if I'm carrying heavy it now that I think about it. I have to post this, Jeremiah. I got to put this up because we talked about it earlier. Our friend Miyagi, he said, Syntex 77 was an inspiration for us to do the Adirondacks. Drove 16 hours for one day of hiking, then drove home to Wisconsin. That's the guy we were talking about. I respect that. Said uh, you were you were the inspiration for that. Well done. That is impressive. That's, yeah, I see, I, even I would never, never push that. That's good. He's a beast, man. I asked him about like coming camping. He, him and his wife are awesome, just in general. Yeah, they but are. But I was like, y'all want to come down? I live like right on Lake Cumberland in Kentucky. I was like, come down. Let's just hang out and chill because he's like always doing these FKTs and stuff. And I'm like, bro, I'm not about that. I can't do those like 35 mile, 40 mile days. It's just not oh, happening. Wow. So he's he's like, yeah, we can drive down there. I was like, how far is it? He's like, I don't know, 12, 13 hours or something. I was like, no, you can't drive that far. He's like, it's okay, man. That's just like a day of work in the car. <laughs> I was like, that is insane. <laughs> well, I've, I've driven. It's Miyagi, man. Backpacking with Jason and I have driven to um, Oil Creek in Pennsylvania from Kentucky. And there was a really bad snowstorm. And it took us like nine, ten hours or something like that. I was like, we have to get a hotel on the way. I can't do nine hours in the car, man. Especially in bad weather. That's a whole other ball game. Stress yeah. level gets way higher when you're in bad weather. That's exhausting, yeah. So here's a question for you about one of your videos. Was the eerie voice on your Quahana Trail video part of your editing? I do not believe there are ghosts in that video. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, <laughs> something that John and I were talking about earlier, and if people don't know, you know, maybe because some of our listeners are not YouTube at all. Like, they don't ever watch YouTube videos. They're like, hey, found this podcast. I like it. I like to listen. So if they're not familiar with you, I wanted to, to let them know that you have this fantastic resource mm. that John was showing me um, before we come on air tonight. And before we run out of time... I definitely want to talk about it. So um, this is your website, obviously. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what inspired that and what all it has on there? 
Yeah, so it's basically just every time I do a trip video, um, I'll put up, I guess you could call it a blog post. And the reason I started it really was you just can't get that in depth. And I try to do really, I try to do good video descriptions to give people the logistics and a little background and where the trailhead is and all that. And you can only go so far in the uh, description section on YouTube. So I just put together a little WordPress site years ago. Um, and that way I can insert the maps. Um, and then each trip, um, I'll record the GPS data. And I've been doing that for years since before, you know, the phone apps and all that stuff have made it a lot easier. But so you can download the GPS data, play along from home, all that stuff. Yeah, I found this a couple of years ago. I can't remember where it was I was going to hike, but you had done a trip and you mentioned in the video something about that. It was and it, it wasn't a trip video. I think you were doing like some kind of like outdoor vitals jacket thing or something. Okay. And you mentioned something about one of your trips and there being GPS files or something. And so I found your website and was able to find all the the GPS files and stuff on where everything was and it helped me out a ton. Well, good. Um, yeah, had some people reach out and say that it was helpful. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure it's a small percentage of my viewers that nerd out that hard, um, but I that's just something I like to put out there for them. And for those that are that are just listening to the podcast, if you if you go on and uh, you're watching on YouTube, John is showing it right now on the screen, like all the different stuff that's on there. That's insane, man. So basically, for the GPS data. Do you do you plan that ahead of time and upload it, or is it like literally tracking you like somebody that is doing an FKT and they're using the like a spot or something like that? Yeah, it's true. I'll do a lot of pre-trip planning and make tracks for myself, but the data, unless something goes wrong and I have to recreate it, yeah, the data is actual, um, like the real-time data, like someone would use for an FKT. Only in my case, it's embarrassing because you can see all of my actual times. And you go, oh, he's going 0.8 miles per hour or three. I'm totally down with that, man. I would hike with you any day if you're hiking like that. No problems at all, man. You're soaking the boots that way. That's my excuse. (laughs) So what do you feel about Gonex gear? Hmm. So, you know, I hadn't heard of them before, but I always trust a man that's sponsored by a company that they stand behind. So I I think I'm going to have to try it out. <laughs> I'm gonna go on and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it unless one of the other differently named brands that look just like it are a dollar cheaper, then I might go for Flonex or Ronex, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> that bus was heavy, bro. It rolled right over me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. Um, I don't know who asked it earlier. They're asking like about your day job. Um, are you comfortable sharing what field or career that you're a part of, or maybe you do YouTube full time? I don't know. No, I work, I work from home. Uh, my wife and I both do, which is nice. Um, it's just boring accounting work pretty much. There's not much more to say about it than that. So no aspirations for, uh, producing more content or, um, more monetarily valuable content and doing that full time any any time in the future. Um, yeah, maybe depending on the opportunities and and stuff that come along. Sure, yeah, yeah. I was curious. A lot of people aspire for that, 
But oftentimes, whenever your goal starting out on something is like, how can I make a buck off this? You really lose your passion for it. And the way you discovered it, you know, filming and backpacking, like at the same time, your head's in the right space. Yeah, I, I feel... I feel for the people that get into it with the goal of this is going to be, I'm going to be a YouTuber Mm. um, because that's a hard road and it's way worse now. I wouldn't make it now if I started now. I I, honestly, I only got the, the little bit of traction and following I did because nobody was doing it in 2012. I mean, a few people were, that's, that's what inspired me, but there was like four of them, you know, now there's 40 every day. feels like which is good but i mean the competition is ridiculous um yeah well i was gonna say too like there's something to be said for being the last one standing because there were a lot of people doing it but they're not still doing it and i think i think that says a lot is the endurance to stick it out you've been doing this for so long now and you're still going strong and uh that says a lot about just how much you must love doing it because if you didn't love doing it, there's no reason why you would still be doing it after 10 years. No, no, I could probably find more lucrative things to do with my time, but it wouldn't be as fun. That's the truth. So backcountry exposure, Devin Ashby's on here and he says of your Utah trips, which area have you enjoyed the most Zion Canyonlands or Bryce? Hmm. All right. Zion Canyonlands or Bryce. Now Bryce, we just day hiked. So that wouldn't be a backpacking trip, but man, that place blew my mind. Um, it was just awesome. But I think just for pure quirkiness, I think my favorite of those three soft spot in my heart is Canyonlands. That place is just weird in a good way. I mean, like all the weird for me is, I mean, it's like Mars. I don't know if either of you guys have been out there, um, but it's awesome. Yeah. So we, were, we wanted to say- go out west, but, uh, you know, with the pandemic, we had to cancel yeah. the trip, but we're going to get out there. And we were yeah. supposed to be out there last June, and yep. everything kind of went to COVID. So, you know how well, that goes. Yep, I do. So, hopefully hopefully this fall, and that's just kind of the, I don't know when exactly, but hopefully this fall, at some point, we'll get out there and be able to enjoy it. Uh, any plans to come back to the Red River Gorge? I'd like to know about this, too, because if you do, I know two guys who are on a show with you right now who would love to come hiking with you. <laughs> that, that would be cool. And and now now I know you. We're, we're friends. You're not just a stranger on the Internet, so it's all good. Right, right. Um, I would definitely do that again. Um, we've been, I've been there twice. I went once the first time very early on, and then with uh, Mike and his wife and my wife. Yeah, I will go again, although maybe I'd have to pick your guys' brains because I feel like and it is, I think that is 11 hour drive for me, which I'm fine with. But I feel like it's an amazing and beautiful area, but I kind of cut at least the real trails. I feel like I've covered everything in those two trips, um, but there's probably some off the beaten path stuff that I'm completely overlooking. So guaranteed. Yeah, I'm not going back there. Yeah, guaranteed there's some stuff you don't know about that, that we could show you probably. Yeah, and well, let us you know show you the culture of not sharing that stuff to, uh, on the internet too, so that's probably why I don't know about it. Uh, for probably. But you would enjoy it, that's for sure. You would definitely enjoy it. Uh, let's see here. Any more? Oh, here we go. Do you use an external mic with your GoPro? Nope. Nope. Um, maybe on a rare occasion, if I'm super far away from the camera, I used to bring an actual Zoom 
um, audio recorder. And um, then I just started using my cell phone. Like, let's say the shot's really far away and I'm gonna have to really push the levels in post and you get all that noise floor and everything. But no, no, that, that, that GoPro of mine is completely stock. The only thing I do is a lot of hours in post of um, smoothing the levels out. I'm curious, and we mentioned this a little bit, about hiking with strangers. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you, like many of us, get uh, invites and comments about hiking or backpacking with somebody who, I mean, their name is basically anonymous, one, two, three, four, right? right? So how do you typically go about handling those, and do you get them often? I get them fairly often, and most of them are very friendly. Mm -hmm. And to anybody who sent it, um, I appreciate it. And I'm sure you're a great person. It's not even me necessarily being like scared of like of it ending up being a weirdo or something, but I am in real life pretty introverted and shy. So the idea of, um, well, I mean, heck, my favorite person to hike with besides my wife is alone by myself, if that says anything. But the idea of meeting a brand new person and then hopping right into a backpacking trip gives me a that's an anxiety situation for this guy. Um, so, yeah. Other than when I went with Kyle, he's hiking. And then I went with, um, Ricky who, um, you know, he had the cancer thing going on. Um, those are the only real exceptions I've ever, ever made, but it's nothing personal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have I'm any non us trails on your backpacking bucket list? Oh God. Yeah. I can't wait to get back out of this country again. Um, <laughs> We we were on a we were on a, a a plan of we're we're going to do three countries a year and we actually hit it. I want to say maybe at least one year, two years in a row. We were on a roll. I just love getting out there and see different countries. And then of course now nobody will have us um, because of the pandemic and everything. So this year's been tough, but backpacking wise. I don't know. I mean, we went to Norway and really liked it and Iceland. I like the Scandinavian countries a lot. I think that would be my MO if I was going to do a backpacking trip. Yeah. But so far I haven't actually hauled all my gear out there and done that. Uh, it just seems like a whole nother thing, thing to tackle. But one so, of these days. I would love Did to you... get to Norway, man. Like that's, I, I see video from Norway and it's just like, my eyes are like popping out of my head. The, just the, the views out there and everything. So I get we that, did, the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, we did an RV in Norway and day hikes, and it was... Oh. Yeah. Was yeah, nice. I was curious about what the gear would have to be like for, for there. I know some people travel to other countries and do backpacking. My wife and I are wanting to do the Camino de Santiago, yeah. but that's not really like backcountry. It's a little bit different. I was curious. Town. Yeah, it goes town to town pretty much in the back country and then, uh, you know, the front country. But I was curious about like what kind of gear changes you would even have to have to do some of that back backpacking in other countries. Yeah. I mean, the only good thing is that I've learned from the backpacking trips I've done flying in the States, um, is if you are into ultralight backpacking, um, it actually makes packing pretty easy because, you don't, all your stuff is lightweight and small, so it's really not that bad. Uh, you just have to get some fuel over there. My number one fear is always like that they'll lose my bag. Oh, yeah. 
So you show up and you're like, well, I'm screwed. <laughs> I mean, it happened to John. He was doing Kilimanjaro. Yeah, and they, did. they lost his bag. Yeah, I was uh, I was on my way to Tanzania and I got to the airport and it was like midnight and I go to customs and they let me know that my backpack's gone. Uh. <laughs> well, not my back. I mean everything because when you do that, you're you're literally hitting. You're literally going from summer to Arctic weather in the span of five to seven days, you oh, know, man. over that oh. time. And so uh, I get there and, and I asked them, I said, so what's what's the deal? And they said, well, we'll email Kenya to see if we can find your so – I was like, email? <laughs> email? It, somehow, man, apparently in Africa, email is the best way to contact people because my stuff was there the next day. And I got it. You got it back. Literally, we left the hotel on our way to the base of the mountain. And stopped at the airport on the way, just hoping that all my gear was going to be there. That's awesome. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I wish, I wish, I would have thought to video all of that because that would have been a great video. But I, I wasn't even thinking about that stuff back then. Uh, Carlson Adventures wants to know: You want to go hiking? <laughs> <laughs> Please email me uh, right at the end of the show with a uh, a polite email back. well sean here's a question for you um we're at the 58 minute mark we've literally been going about an hour wow um if you want to keep going we can keep going but if you're ready to call it quits oh i know um, you got a few more okay because you're tired awesome awesome well everybody who's online um if we don't get your question, there are a lot of questions. So uh, we're doing our best to try and get as many out as we can. Yeah. Uh, but please don't be offended if we happen to miss your question. It's definitely uh, not one of those things where we're skipping over anybody. It's just they're they're going so fast, it's kind of hard to keep up with them. Uh, All Things Outdoors is want to know, what hiking channels do you like to watch, and what's your favorite cocktail on the trail? You may not believe it. Um I don't really watch other hiking channels. I don't. Um, there's a couple of reasons. I used to, obviously, a lot mm-hmm. first starting. Um, but at this point, uh, I, A, I kind of avoid it just because I don't want to subconsciously be influenced by anybody else's styles. So I'd rather not know. Um, I kind of got my own creative groove going on. Um, so I don't I don't want to I don't want that to I don't want to start watching other videos and be like, oh, I could be doing that or, uh, you know, that's a good idea. And this and that. And then the other thing is, honestly, like it's my whole world is making these videos. So like if I go to YouTube and want to blow off steam, like it's going to be, you know, like something complete stupid cat videos or <laughs> dangerous airplane landings. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here's a question that kind of goes along with that. Have you ever watched the homage video about you by Evan's backpacking videos? I don't know if you've heard about. I've I've actually watched this. Evan is a he's he's a through hiking backpacker. Okay, he's done like he's done the Benton Mackay Trail and the uh, Sheltoe Trace, and he did the AT a couple years ago. And uh, Evan, in one of his videos, basically showered you with love, like. Your videos have been an inspiration for him for a long oh. time, and he's got a big following. But he, I mean, he literally was all about Syntax 77 in that video. 
Uh, no, but yeah, maybe I'll have to check it out now. It breaks down the formula. Oh, no. We're giving away the secret sauce. <laughs> well, you know, if, if you're ever feeling bad about yourself, just find that video, and you're going to feel real good about yourself by the end of that. I promise. Good. Evan, I promise. That's Evan Schaefer, right? Yeah. He, he has an Instagram called Backpacker Comics that I follow. That's what you need to check out. I mean, check out his videos and stuff, too. But his Instagram, on point, man. He makes these little, I don't know if he draws them on trail or what, but makes these little backpacking comic strip things. Hilarious, funny, pertinent. And, like, I think you can buy them, too. Like, if you want if you want to print it and him to draw yeah. it or whatever, you know, you can pay him through Insta and, and do that. Yeah, he's like a lawyer. He's an artist. He writes all the music for his videos. I mean. Really does. Wow. He's just one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. like, he's spine. good at everything. He's good <laughs> at everything. Awesome. Hey, by the way, this just popped up. Congrats on over 100,000 subs. Thank you very much. I know. We finally made it to that. Nice. So you'll be getting that nice little uh, plaque from YouTube, won't you? I mean, I hope so. That's funny. My 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 wife just asked me today. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, and she was like, it's been three weeks since you hit it. And they said somebody refused it after a week. So I don't know. It, it's not automatic anymore. It's apparently at their discretion. After a human reviews your channel. <laughs> oh, here comes my background check for God knows what they're going to find over the course of my last 10 years. So we'll see if I get that button or not. That's just funny. Well, it'd be, it'd be cool to see that hanging behind your head right there in your things right up there above your, your screens, which what? you have four of them. We noticed this earlier. You have four computer screens. Yeah. I wanted you to tell us like a little bit of your workflow with the four screens. Cause I do dual monitors. You know, I I got something okay. over here, something over there. So I'll be honest, the um the fourth one is just because I had an extra monitor and this card will run four monitors. I I, <laughs> I I rarely use this one, but believe it or not, I do occasionally. I definitely use all three. That's no problem because my video editor alone is two screens. So this one over here will have like a web browser on it with maps or my map software. So I can look at that while I'm editing, um, get an idea spatially of where I am. And once in a blue moon, I might put some sort of reference or Photoshop on the fourth monitor, but a little excessive, but why not? No, that's there not excessive go, at all, man. Did you build a PC that goes along with that? Yeah, I did. I, well, yes and no. I have built my own PCs before, but I, I did one of those things where somebody custom built it at, at a shop for me. Just gave them the parts list. It's actually nine years old, but I've kept it alive. Wow. There's nothing really left original in it except for the um, piece, uh, CPU. I swapped the video cards like three times at this point, added more RAM. It's Frankenstein. Nice. That's nice. cool too, though. Not to change the subject, but um, I was. John told me earlier that you're, you know, you're not just backpacking. You're into the outdoors just in general. And I was curious, how often do you get a chance to get out and do something like hunting or fishing or besides hiking? Yeah. Now, I, I hunt with my dad. Um, he lives downstate Delaware. So we got a lease down there. We'll do deer hunting and turkey hunting. And then we have a cabin in um, north central, I guess you'd call it Pennsylvania. Um, and we'll do at least hunting-wise a spring and a fall trip. We'll go up for deer in the fall and we'll do turkey in the uh in the spring. 
And uh, I think I might go to North Carolina and try that out next year too. Did you get any deer this year? I did not. Oh, I didn't. I passed up a couple does. I'm disappointed, man. I'm just really and, disappointed. You know, if I really just wanted some meat, I could have done it. But <laughs> I was holding out for a decent buck and I just did not have it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, here's a question for you from one of our youngest viewers. This is our okay. buddy Odin on the trail. Uh, and he wants to know, do you ever come to Tennessee to go backpacking? Um, yes, I've done, I can't believe the name of the area escapes me right now. Although it's been a couple years. Uh, big something. Big, South Fork. big South Fork? Yeah. Yeah, I did hey, that. Hey, that's so. my homeland. All right. Well, then you'll have to uh, give me some tips because I went there, but like apparently um, some people were saying that I really I could have done a, a better trail to really uh, get a representation of the area. I, I enjoyed it, um, but apparently I left a lot on the table, so I'll have to go back there as one of these things. There's a lot of trails in the Big South Fork, man, so yeah. you're not going to hit them all the first trip. No way. Yeah. No way at all. Uh, you mentioned that you, you started out watching YouTube channels and somebody wants to know what were the channels that inspired you back in the day? Okay. Um, so one of them wasn't all backpacking. In fact, he was like an outdoor and like a knife and gun review channel called nothing fancy. He's still around. Um, and like I said, he was mostly like tabletop review channel, but back then I think he's kind of gotten out of it. He was, I didn't see anybody else doing this. He was putting up like 45 minute hour plus long videos, just showing his backpacking trips, putting a little music in there. He was like one of the first I ever saw doing it. So it was him. Um, and then the other one for the old schoolers out there was um, his screen name was Tuts999. And his actual name is escaping me. Do you guys remember or know him? He was from the New England area. Super nine 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 doesn't ring a bell. No, that one. But he was he was he was one of the first people I saw that would do what I'm doing now, which is walking around with the camera pointing back at yourself and running your mouth on the trail. So th those are the two that um, I ripped off the most. When are nice. you going to do one of those crazy backpacking hunting trips like they do out in Colorado? You got to cut cut and return. You know, carry out a hind quarter here. Backpack with the quartered elk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't know. That's a whole nother level right there. It might be outside of my budget, too. I think you got to. <laughs> I'm not doing that without a guide. Uh, you can uh, do it, man. And like you usually have to raffle. But due okay. to the pandemic, like all the tags are, you know, there's still tags available. You can uh, go this year if you want to. What's that? You can go this year if you want to, but there's a whole nother level of physical fitness that I'm not capable no, of. No, that's what I'm saying. I probably couldn't handle it, honestly. Yeah, hauling an elk out on my back over a mountain. <laughs> like, that's that's some real... While filming yourself at the same time. Oh, yeah, that's right. I got to film myself, too. Yeah, yeah, at 12,000 feet. <laughs> at 12,000 feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throwing Can't the breathe. I'll be just fine. So somebody has a question for all of us. What is the coldest you will go backpacking in? As cold as I can get it. That doesn't mean I'm going to like it, but I'm up for the challenge. The coldest I've done is negative 25. 
So I want to know what negative 30 feels like. (laughs) I've never been below zero. I would say like 10 to 15 degrees. Well, Suge, um, when you guys talk to him, is that's the he's the king of that. He blows me out of the water for the cold weather stuff up there where he is. But um, it is painful. I mean, at least for me, because I don't do if maybe if I lived in those areas, like people right now are going to be like, it ain't that bad. But like I've heard people say that diff- once it's below zero, like the difference between negative 10 and negative 25 is it's all just cold. I would say that's completely not true because I can tell you that like if it's negative 10 and then it gets to the point where you take your glove off to do a task and it just feels like it got slammed in a car door. And then you check, you know, you check your thermometer and sure enough, it's dropped 15 degrees. Like it's painful if you're not covered up. And if it's windy, it's like 10 times worse. Dangerous. Yeah. 10 times worse. I think the lowest I got, I, th- I think, well, I guess, I guess Kilimanjaro would have been the coldest I got. And that was negative 30 wind chill. That was, that was the coldest I got. So, yeah. and I'm cool with never doing that again the rest of my life. Yeah. So. When I, when I say, uh, <laughs> doing the cold weather stuff. I just want to clarify that that would be below tree line and good non-wind conditions because yeah. you can experiment with seeing what negative 25 feels like, but if you add wind, you are actually endangering yourself. If you're not covered up right, you'll you'll lose skin very quickly. Yeah, we were we were at nineteen thousand feet and thirty mile an hour winds, and uh, I'm good to never be in uh-huh. that cold of weather. And and the funny thing was, it usually doesn't get like that up there. Like they said, we just happened to get up there at the right time, and we got the really cold trip. Like the next year, guys went up there. It was like thirty two degrees and sunny and beautiful, and I'm like, what the heck, man? So. <sighs> Here's a question for you. Do, do people harass you on the trail when you're filming? Oh, like for filming? Like, uh, no, but I typically, I typically put the camera away when I see other people. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily, well, part of me, I've gotten more used to it. So now I don't care. It used to be like, I just felt like an idiot, but now everybody's pointing a, a phone at themselves and filming. Like I wouldn't look out of place, but I'm just like, you're on a hike. I'm not going to, I don't know. I just don't feel like, running my app to a camera i'd rather just be able to say hi and pass by and everything so typically people don't know i'm filming it even when i hike with people um they've told me that they didn't even realize i was filming half the time because i keep it pretty discreet yeah i'm a lot like you on that it's i feel weird like i just i don't want to annoy people i think is what it is for me i just i'm just like a lot of times if i'm hiking with another group of people unless they're like it's like Jeremiah. I don't care if I annoy Jeremiah, but if it's anybody, you know, if it's other people, I, I'm kind of like, I'll let them walk on up ahead and I'll just stay back. Right. And I'll say something. And the worst is when you're on a really busy trail and you get uh, two sentences in and somebody comes up the trail and you got to wait. Right. And then you go to start again, two sentences in, and here comes somebody else up the trail again. And it takes yeah. you 20 minutes to do like a three minute, whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Sometimes it's not worth it. And plus I find it yep. usually for the immersiveness to really feel like it's just me and the viewer out on the trail. Um, it gets a little weird to have other people in the shot just randomly appear and then you never see them again. So yeah, I'm with you. Any more cowboy action shooting in your future? Wow. This person went back to 2011, maybe 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, my cowboy action career just no, never quite took off. Still have the gun. 
So there you go. I'm always the Debbie Downer here, but yeah. uh, I only got a couple minutes left before I have to go. So before we go, I want you to tell everybody where they can find everything Syntax 77 and yeah. any way that they can help support you and what you do. Yeah, I mean, basically on all of the social media platforms, I'm Syntax 77. S-I-N-T-A-X-7-7. I'm primarily um, on YouTube, though. And then the website, Syntax77.com, um, is where you can get all that data we were talking about before. Um, there's a link if you want free stickers. Please. I have a ton of stickers. They're free. There's instructions on there. Just send me an envelope, and you get a free sticker if you like free stuff. And if you like you know, spending money on weird T-shirts, I mean, I guess you could do that to by you know hitting the t-shirt button but that's it um i'm on instagram but I'm, I'm i'm pretty bad at posting but occasionally there you go well thank you so much for being on man it's been it's been awesome if you want to hang out in the green room we're going to come back and talk to you here in a second but uh cool. we're gonna we're gonna sign out of here man thanks so much for being on the show we'll talk to you in a little bit all right thanks for having me yeah man okay that was awesome Hundred percent. He's cool awesome. It's a cool and cat. You know what's awesome along with that, Jeremiah? What's that? Is who's gonna be on next week? Oh yeah, we we have another look, the live streams are back. The live Monday streams nights. are back, people, and and I think we're gonna go ahead and can we announce the next two weeks? Is that okay to do since we got confirmations that they're both gonna be good to go? Yeah, sure. So next week we have the one, the only Sean Shug Emery is going to be on the show next week. So we have Shug on next week. Yeah, he's a deep winter specialist like Syntax is talking about. Yeah. You know, he knows what's up on the cold weather stuff, so I'm going to pick his brain. He's he's a crazy cold weather man, and I cannot wait to get him on here. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then the week after, Jeremiah, why don't you tell everybody who's going to be on the next week? <laughs> Bro, if you know, go ahead and tell everybody because I have to look at the calendar because we have so many great guests. We have Andrew Skirka is going to be on the next <laughs> week. So we are super stoked about these next couple weeks. We started off with a bang. It's been, man, it has been fantastic having Syntax on here. I have wondered for three years where the heck the name came from. And now that I know I'm completely <laughs> let down, but at least I know where the name <laughs> came from. So, so that's, that's good. Uh, but no, seriously, it's been, it's been an awesome show. Uh, Jeremiah. You are real close to hitting 10,000 subscribers on the old YouTubes right now. We're just a pinch close. Huh? You're, just, you're just about there, man. That's pretty exciting. Yes. So Shout out to uh, everybody for all the support. Thank you yeah, so man. much. We're growing, having fun, just backpacking, learning, man. Yes, we are. And also, if you're on right now, here's the deal. We're going to continue to do the live streams on our channels until June and then in June, we're shifting all the live streams only over to the Backpacking Podcast channel. Uh, we started them on this channel because nobody knew about that channel. But we're letting you know, in starting in June, all podcasts will be on that channel. So if you're not already subscribed to the Backpacking Podcast channel, make sure you guys get on there and get subscribed so you don't miss out. Because, I mean, it, it's hard to beat Syntax 77 as a great guest, first off. Um, but we've got some great guests that are coming up, and it's it's going to be an awesome season. Yeah, awesome so season. if you want to keep enjoying great guests like Syntax 77, make sure you subscribe to the Backpacking Podcast YouTube channel. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. For myself and Jeremiah Stringer, we will catch you guys on the next one. Adios. Adios.